0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Breath podcast. If it's your first time and you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come the next day, and read it on air with you guys. If you didn't know this, we do this Monday through Friday with a new chapter every single day. You can find those chapters and our chapter list and everything that you need to know about Morning Breath on our app. Just download it, the East Coast app, or on our website at eccc.us. Today's episode is a little bit different. We're going to be pulling from one of our old Previously aired episode. It's got gold in it. I'm super excited. Let's jump right into it. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum.
1: Um, so we're in Luke chapter 13, and I am going to read maybe all of it. Depending on how long it is, it
2: goes to 59. No, it
1: doesn't. It goes to 35. Oh, wait. That was chapter 12. So. Okay, it goes to 35. I'll read it all. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. Here we go. Read. Just at that time, some people came who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate, the governor, had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus replied to them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they have suffered in this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, and live changed lives, you will all likewise perish. Or do you assume that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed were worse sinners than all the others who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, and live changed lives, you will all likewise perish. Then he began telling them this parable. A certain man had a fig tree that had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the vineyard keeper, For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree and have found none. Cut it down. Why does he even use up the ground, depleting the soil and blocking the sunlight? But he replied to him, Let alone, sir, just one more year until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit after this, fine. But if not, cut it down. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who for 18 years had had an illness caused by a spirit, demon. She was bent double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are released from your illness. Then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she stood erect again, and she began glorifying and praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, There are six days in which work ought to be done, so come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day dumb. But the Lord replied to him, you hypocrites, play actors, pretenders. Does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? And this woman, a daughter, descendant of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he was saying this, all his opponents were being humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things that were being done by him. So this led him to say, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his own garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky found shelter and nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three peck measures of flour until it was all leavened. Jesus journeyed on through cities and villages, teaching and making his way toward Jerusalem, and someone asked him, Lord, Will only a few be saved from the penalties of the last judgment? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow door, force aside unbelief and the attractions of sin. For many, I tell you, will try to enter by their own works and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and closes the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door again and again, saying, Lord, open to us. And he will answer you, I do not know where you're from, for you're not of my household. Then you'll begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and taught in your streets. But he will say to you, I do not know where you're from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place there will be weeping and sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth and distress and anger when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves being thrown out and driven away. And people will come from east and west and north and south, and they'll sit down and feast at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. At that very hour, some Pharisees came up and said to him, leave and go away from here because Herod Antipas wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, that sly, cowardly man, listen carefully. I cast out demons and perform healings today and tomorrow, and on the third day I reach my goal. Nevertheless, I must travel on today and tomorrow and the day after that, for it cannot be that a prophet would die outside of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones to death those messengers who are sent to her by God? How often I've wanted to gather your children together around me, just as a hen gathers her young under her wings, but you were not willing. Listen carefully. Your house is left to you desolate, abandoned by God and destitute of His protection. And I say to you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, "Blessed," to be celebrated with praise is He who comes in the name of the Lord.
2: Amen. Amen. That's good. Um, so I I have a few things. Do you want to go first? Or no, you want me to start? You start. Okay. So, um, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues in verse 10, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could not raise herself up. So, I love this because this is this is hard for us to process. So, there's a spirit causing sickness that is actually causing her to be bent over, and her body is actually uh, contorted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a spirit causing it, but her body is sick. And so... Here's what I think a lot of people um, tend to struggle with, and they they kind of fall on one side or the other, and it's it's hard to strike balance um, because I think it is a little confusing, and it's hard for the natural mind to comprehend, and it's mm-hmm. hard for the spiritual mind to process sometimes. Let me almost say spiritual mind, but spiritual influenced by over uh, over religiousized thinking doctrines that are not godly doctrines. And so here's the thing: is she sick because of the spirit of infirmity? Uh, is she just sick like, and needs like medicine? Does medicine help or does casting out the demon help? And so here's what ends up happening is some people are just all in on medicine. like They don't know anything about the spirit of God. They don't know anything about healing. They don't know how to pray for things and their go-to is medicine. Their go-to is doctor. Their go-to is therapy, rehab. Uh, even uh, an illness like of the mind. So we have anxiety and depression and we have other mental illnesses, things where our mind is sick, where we're having trouble in our brain. And I'll add this too, uh, especially Christians and society in general doesn't know how to handle mental illnesses as well as they know how to handle body illnesses like Mm -hmm. broken arms, broken elbows. If your brain is broken, a lot of times you're cast out of the Christian community. But in society in general, you're cast out too where we throw people in, you know away and funny farm, the funny farm, you're off, you go, straight jacket, get out of here. Yeah, hide, 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 right? So here's the thing. When our brain is sick and we're dealing with depression, anxiety, is that a spiritual thing? Is that a physical thing? When our body is sick, when we have a dislocated joint where we're bent over, scoliosis, we've got names for all this stuff, right? Are Is it a spiritual thing or is it a physical thing? Um, and, and so I mentioned that people who only go to the doctor. But then there's a whole other group of people that only go to the Lord, right? They only pray about it. Mm -hmm. And they feel condemned when they're not experiencing complete and utter health because they feel like they are not praying hard enough or they're not doing something right or God doesn't love them enough or whatever. And so their spiritual strength isn't strong enough is what they're thinking. And so then they feel the sense of condemnation. They feel the sense where uh, they're lacking something, uh, some revelation of God, or they didn't read their Bible enough or anything like that. And so, which is it? Is it spiritual or is it natural? And the thing is, it's actually both. And the Bible accounts for both from the beginning to the end. Yeah. If you look, eating healthy uh, keeps us healthy, right? Right. Right. it actually heals our bodies. God gives us natural things. There's natural medicines. In the Bible, there's a medicine that you can take for your stomach, take a little wine for your stomach, right? Different things like that. Um, But then there is a spiritual world that is behind these things. And so what I would like, what I like to say and think about is I want to do everything I can in my power to be healthy and whole. Um, But at the end of the day, there's not a doctor there's not a person on the planet that can actually heal me or heal you all they can do is treat you mm-hmm. and you have to your body has to heal itself that's the way how that it works designed it, yeah. right but even your body runs out of power sometimes and it can't heal that cancer or it can't heal that mental illness it it can't do it so your symptoms are being treated your body's trying but for whatever reason it can't so then there's this Layer right above that, that's that supernatural Mm -hmm. layer that's right above that, and it supersedes the natural. The spirit of infirmity has to go. And so, I like to do both. I I like, if I got a headache, pray about it. I also could take ibuprofen, right? I don't want to take too much ibuprofen because that's not good for you either. Yeah. And so, you're always trying, I'm always trying to work that balance. And I also think about it sometimes. Doctors and nurses are not the enemy. In fact, they're they're gifted by the Lord to bring healing to our bodies. Absolutely. And sometimes those doctors, they're not sometimes those doctors and nurses often are working in the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. by the spirit That's of really God good. in their talents and abilities to bring healing to the body. And uh, so I love doctors and nurses. I the doctors report the doctors not the enemy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like the some people some Christians really get on doctors like ah that doctor's report you know. Like, like, no, they're not the enemy, you know.
1: What do they do? Ah,
2: Just like that, right? (laughs) You know, and uh, they're not the enemy. Doctors are our friends. Doctors are doing a great work. Can doctors make mistakes? Everyone makes mistakes. Can doctors be wrong? Absolutely.
1: I think that's such a good point about the fact that they actually are operating in wisdom and discernment. Yeah. That's really, really good.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, you'd, you'd be surprised sometimes the people that are actually operating in spiritual gifts are not not maybe as what you think is like prophets, you know, like whatever. Like these people are prophets, right? Prophets are operating in the Spirit. But I, I want to go back to the only, in the Old Testament, the only time that I could really find where someone was filled with the Spirit was the artist that created the Ark of the Covenant. He was the only one oh, yeah. filled with the Spirit. Yep. Everyone else, the Spirit would come upon them. But he was. the Bible says he was actually filled with the Spirit in the Old Testament. There's one little small debate there where I believe Joshua it kind of hints that he was filled with the Spirit. But obviously, you can see it black and white. The artist that created the Ark of the Covenant, he was filled with the Spirit. The yeah. rest of them, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. And I just think it's an interesting distinction and that the artist, the guy working with the gold was filled with the spirit. Yeah. You know, the carpenter can be filled with the spirit. The doctor can be filled with the spirit to yep. do those jobs with excellence. So going back to the spirit of infirmity, yes, we need to learn our authority over demonic spirits, which mm-hmm. do influence sickness in our body. We, if we can overcome that spirit of infirmity just like Jesus did. We can cast it out. We can heal the sick with our with our words, but we also don't have to feel condemned when we're sick we're going, trust me, people are going to get sick. In fact, death is a sickness that everyone gets to face one day. I hate to say that, but that's going to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. 100% of people. There's been a few people that have been captured up into heaven. That's true. It's a very small list. Very small. Elijah. Who else?
1: Methuselah.
2: Maybe. <laughs> There's another one who's caught up in the spirit.
1: Yep. We'll have I can't to look remember. It up.
2: We'll have to look it up. Google it. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus,
1: yes. Got him. Yolo. But there's that,
2: another one. We'll figure light. it out soon. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll think of it soon. It starts with an O, I think. Anyway, anyway. Point is, death is a sickness that comes and gets pretty much everyone. You know, and if you if you feel condemned because some somebody's saying if you're sick, something's wrong with you. Da 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 da. I just want to ask, like, just take a look at them. Do they have glasses on when they're speaking to you? It means their eyes aren't working right. Do they have wrinkles in their head face? That means their skin is not working right. Like, we don't want to condemn people when they're sick. No, we want to encourage people yes. to use the authority of the Word of God. Yep. to take authority over that sickness. It's good to to go all in and pray audacious prayers of faith that only God can answer. Yep, like it's kind of nerve wracking. I, I actually prayed for someone the other day who's who's dealt with skin cancer uh, for thirty years. I would estimate hmm. started with eighteen. They're probably 45 to 50 years old. They're just a little bit older than me and uh, somebody that I don't often pray with. And I just said, I know they're a Christian, but I said, you know, I don't think you have to deal with that forever. And uh, I'm sorry you've been dealing with that for so long. Can I pray with you? And we prayed. And uh, we're just, I'm just waiting to see what God does now. Like in the spirit, things are moving and they're cooking. But now we gotta see what actually happens with our eyes. And yep. it's a done deal in terms in Jesus of Jesus'
1: name, yeah. Like,
2: God, you've done it. Now let's see the manifestation of that. Yeah. And it's a little nerve-wracking though to pray for something. Yeah, well, someone's been suffering for thirty years.
1: The gap is it's not by might or by power. Right. It's by your spirit, says the Lord, right? It's by God's spirit. You yeah. you did the thing. We were called to obedience. Yeah. You did that. And It's up to God to do what only he can do. And like you said, the faith to stand in the gap of the waiting. There's this song called, He's in the Waiting. And it's, there's waiting. We all have, we all are in waiting rooms in life in different things that we're waiting on. And God is working and faith is believing without seeing, you know, faith, that's the definition of faith. So... That's where we get to activate that. Yeah,
2: and I want to say nerve wracking. That's not being afraid, but that's my natural mind going. Are you sure you want to step out in faith that boldly? Like it's challenging me to go. You know what? I have nothing to lose. Yeah. I'm putting. I'm proclaiming the name of Jesus, and it's His reputation on the line. Right. Not mine. Yeah. And He'll defend His reputation.
1: Yes, and ours, actually. He's awesome. Um, So in the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about, Jesus is talking about repentance. He's talking about how, what is repentance? And it defines it as changing your old way of thinking, turning from your sinful ways and living changed lives. Then he tells a story, a parable. And he talks about a guy had a fig tree and it wasn't producing fruit. And so something is wrong with this tree. And he's like, why is it even wasting soil? Why, why are you, why does, why is it even breathing? You know, like why is it even taking up room on the planet? dig it out put it in the fire and the the vineyard keeper he comes to the defense and he goes well give it one more year what if i put some fertilizer on it what if i give it some more time to bear fruit and the 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 distinction he's making is actually with people so When we have repented, when we have done that thing where we've turned to Jesus and we've said we can't do it on our own, not by might or by power, but by your spirit. It's not in our our strength. We can't save ourselves. So we repent, and it literally means to do an about face and turn the other way. So I'm going that way without the Lord, and I decide to repent, turn from my old way, change my way of thinking, and I go this way, and I submit to God, and I obey him. In that process, there should start to be some fruit being Born right, so there should start to be a change in the way that I speak. Maybe the change in the way that I think, a change in the way that I perceive things, a, way, a change in the way that I treat people. Like that is the fruit that is being produced when there's real heart change and a heart repentance and and uh, a, a change, right?
2: Yeah.
1: So, um, can I say our, something about yes. that real
2: quick? Uh, fig trees, um, when they produce leaves. They actually—that's when the figs are starting to grow, and the leaves actually cover the figs. Yeah, and part of this is it's showing off like it has fruit. It's like ah, I'm doing something great on the outside, but there's no fruit hidden behind and those me, leaves. Yeah, and I think it's. Spe- I think often when we see fig trees in the Bible, it speaks of hypocrisy. It's mm-hmm. people that like the front that they are doing well, that they like to post pictures of themselves on social media, that their marriage is doing great, that yeah. they're not actually working on their marriage. They like to post pictures that they're rich, yet they're up their eyeballs in debt and they're mm-hmm. not generous and they're not sowing and they're not tithing. And they're not doing things behind the scenes that no one can see but God. I think sometimes you see those fig trees. It's like, wow, I need to be reminded that what I do in secret matters. And it matters when people see me in public what I'm doing in private matters a lot
1: yeah I think that's a really good point and also I think we need to balance that with are we still human like we can bear fruit and we can have changed lives but then we mess up and we say that word that we're trying not to say anymore or whatever it is there is Mercy. There's a reason that Jesus is like, you get new mercies every morning because yeah. guess what? You're going to need it. Yeah. Right? So absolutely. there's still that balance of, of like, course, we're yes. human. Mercies are new every morning. There's grace. Oh my gosh, grace. We have to have grace in this process.
2: Yeah. No, actually, I like this story of the fig tree because it's like, Hey, let's give it one more year. Let's dig around it. Let's fertilize it. Let's give it another chance. I love the mercy there. Because one of the other fig tree stories is, it was like, hey, that tree's not bearing fruits in Matthew. And literally, it just instantly withered away, right? It died. And Jesus cursed a fig tree. It was like, hey, you're over here acting like you're bearing fruit. Gone. Gone. This one, I like it because it brings a balance to what you saw Jesus doing with his disciples. Jesus was working with people for years to get them right. Three, three years he spent with Peter, and he still wasn't right.
1: Yeah. That's, that gives us hope, right?
2: <laughs> and you know what? Does this say three years in here? I think it does. Does
1: it? I see one year, and if it bears fruit after that, cut it Look, down. for
2: three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Oh, wow. I don't know, but That's maybe cool. this is a reflection maybe of I his disciples. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is a reflection, but I don't know if Jesus intended it that way. But look, he's been looking at these disciples for three years. And Peter doesn't have a lot of fruit.
1: That's really good. I think
2: maybe it is that. Oh I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, really could be.
1: So I didn't even year, read that. So this
2: dig around it and fertilize it. So Peter, he finally comes back to Christ, receives the power of the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, he bears fruit. Yeah. And explodes wow. with, with anointing.
1: That's really good. Could be. That's awesome. See how fun this is, guys. Thanks for joining us. We're so grateful that you joined us, and we hope that you join us again uh, next week. Monday, we will be back doing this videocast, but we have Morning Breath every day. So we'd love for you to join us by reading your Bible with us and seeing what God breathes on it for you personally. We hope you have a great day.
0: You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. So come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living and Memory Care Community, located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com.